He wants us to see the agents that he uses. God uses men and women to meet our needs. And sometimes what we do is we reject the very provision of God because of who's bringing it. listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Fort Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue Seven Reasons Why God Gave Us Money. And Pastor, you uh, point out really profound truth. Sometimes God wants to meet our needs and he's going to use an individual to do that in some way, but we're hesitant to receive what God may have for us because of who may be meeting our needs, the, the conduit through which God is going to use. Right. It might be someone that uh, we don't particularly care for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be based on our own pride, uh, but sometimes we do that. God is providing for us, and we reject it. I heard a story. A uh, guy was in a flood, and he said, oh, Lord, deliver me, deliver me. And so a guy came by in a boat, and he said, hey, man, get in. He said, no, no, the Lord's going to deliver me. Then the second guy came by, and he said, come on, man, get in. He said, no, the Lord is going to deliver me. And he's praying, Lord, you got to get me out of here. you got to get me out of here. Third guy came along the boat, come on, get in. He said, no, the Lord's going to deliver me. Well, that guy drowned and went to heaven. And he said, Lord, I thought you were going to deliver me. And the Lord said, well, I sent you three boats. (laughs) Right. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah. God has provision for us. And sometimes I remember, I I think of a sister, she's with the Lord now, uh, but she was being put out by the sheriff. We found Hmm. out about it, went to help her and said, you have a church. Why didn't you come and talk to us? We have what we call benevolent. And she said, here's what she said. I was too prideful to do it. And I told her, I said, you're the first person in my experience of ministry, in my years, I don't remember how many it was, that ever admitted that's why you didn't seek help. And there are people like that. That's tragic because we're the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, we're like the white corpuscles in the body. What happens if I cut myself, all the white corpuscles in my body come to keep me from bleeding to death. And that's what we do. We're supposed to help each other. But sometimes because of what goes on in our relationships, that's why I like the 26 one another's of the scripture, the reflexive pronouns that tell us how we're to treat each other, honor one another, love one another, support one another, all of those one another's in the scripture. And God wants us to do that. And so you need, if somebody says, hey, how's everything going? Don't always hold back. Maybe that might be God sending them to you so they can help you. Yeah. It's a good word for us today. And with that, let's get into Scripture. We're in Proverbs 3 as we continue. Seven reasons why God gave us money. Here's Pastor Ford. Today we're going to focus on the second reason God gave us money. And so the second reason then is support for our families. And uh, just clothe ourselves with the truth of Scripture. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, be pleased in this brief span of time to minister to us according to your word. It's in Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
we need to understand that the resources of the Redeemer is reserved for those who are unreservedly committed to Him. And when we talk about uh, this, uh, I, I want to start off just by talking about Elijah. Now remember, uh, scholars tell us they don't even know where Tishbe is. Nobody knows where Tishbe is. Uh, but he was Elijah the Tishbite. He came on the scene and uh, God demonstrated uh, that he is the great provider. Uh, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He's the one who sees what we need before we even know that we need it and provides it for us so that we can get it when we need it. And so think about Elijah. God said there's going to be a drought, and with a drought comes a famine, and with a famine there's no food. And so now people are hungry and people are thirsty. Uh, but God has a man who sold out for him. Elijah has God's purpose as his priority. What does he have? God's purpose as his priority. Now, we've already talked about that over and over again, right? Matthew 6, But seek ye third, seek ye second, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the word is protos, which literally means first in order. So God is to be first. Now, watch what God does for Elijah. And I submit that he does the same thing to you and I. First of all, I want us to recognize God demonstrated his unceasing power for Elijah. Well, where you see that? In 1 Kings 17, unceasing power. He showed his control over what? Over nature, over rain. He showed his control over the raven. He showed his control over the brook because the brook is dry, but let Elijah has water coming from the brook, which means then the picture I get, I don't know what you get, is that the only place there's water is where Elijah is. That's the unceasing power of God. In other words, in the midst of a want, God wants us to know there is no lack to those who love him. There is no lack to those who serve him. So he shows his unceasing power. But then the second thing he shows in providing for Elijah is his unusual provision. What was the provision? Somebody help me out. What was the provision? What's the first one? The raven. Now, what's so significant about that? The raven is an unclean bird. So any Jew who touched the raven would not be able to go to church for seven days. I know some of y'all like that. Some of, I see some of y'all right now. You ain't want to go to church. Where the raven? Let me find me a raven. I can't come to church, pastor. I touched the raven. Amen. Well, come on. Some of the excuses we use are just as lame, you know. They're just as lame as I touched the raven, you know. And so what happens here? And so there is, a, there is unceasing power. Then there's unusual provision because not only is a raven an unclean animal, it's a scavenger and it's very selfish. And yet every day, he had meals on wings. Yeah, every day. And then he had the water from the brook. God demonstrated, I'll provide, and sometimes it'll be an unusual provider. Uh, but then remember this, it was an unlikely place. Because when he dried it up, and we'll talk about that in a minute, he sent him down to Ethbel. 
and provided for him there through what? An unusual provider. Who was the unusual provider? A widow. Widows are poor. But yet she was going to be the provider that God had, an unusual provider, an unceasing power, an unlikely place, and then an unfamiliar process. Man, it's like, why do I say all that? Because we need to understand that this is our God. And when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we need to be open to his unceasing power, to his unusual provider, to his unlikely place, and to his unfamiliar process. I submit to you that a lot of us miss the provision of God because of who's bringing it. And so here now, uh, he allows us to see, look, this is what I do. And remember, why did he switch from the brook down into Ethbel? And what was Ethbel? Who knows? It? Holler it out. Ethbel was the capital of Baal worship. So in the place, an unlikely place, where Baal is king, Yahweh will have a provision for his people. You know what that means? Heaven is never bankrupt. And so as we begin to talk about this second reason, why did God give? 1 Timothy 5.8, it says this, if a man does not provide for his own family, he is worse than an infidel. And what did God do in the beginning? Before God ever gave Adam a wife, what did he give him? Work. He gave him a job. Genesis 2.15, he put him in the garden. Now remember, I'm trying to get you to see. The first thing God gave him was what? Genesis 2.7 respiration, redemption. He breathed in the man the breath of life. Now what was in God is in man. Then in Genesis 2.8 to 2.14, he gave him resources. He gave him all kind of resources, everything. Then he brought him to the garden and gave him a specific job, a responsibility. And then he gave him revelation and all of that. And then he finally gave him a wife. He says, I'm going to make sure you're able to provide. And so God gave us money so that we could support our families. Let's, let's walk through and, and let's look at, see uh, what he says. We turn to Matthew, I mean, uh, Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, verse 3. Here's what he says. We studied this before. Give us day by day our daily bread or give us this day our daily bread. Now, here it is. He says, I've given you money so you can support your family. Uh, but I want you to have a daily dependence upon me for it. Now, we don't have to. We talked about this before. I have a refrigerator upstairs. It's full. I have a refrigerator downstairs that's smaller. It's full. And then in the other room, I got a freezer, and it's full. So when I pray, give us this day our daily bread, that ain't really a sincere prayer because I don't need God for that. I can go to the refrigerator. But guess what God did? Our lights went out a couple years ago for three days, and all the food spoiled. After about the first day and it started thawing out, we started trying to give it away. But, you know, we lacto-ovo-pescatarians, you know, and I'm sometimes backslide with a chicken wing or even a, a, a gyro sometimes. Uh, but my wife, she doesn't. And so uh, we have veggie bacon and veggie chicken. And so that's what people do, just what you're doing. We say, hey, we got, we got five packs of bacon, and we don't want it to go bad. So my youngest son said, five packs of bacon, bring it to me. Uh, so he, he came and got it. He took it home. He said, he called us up. He said, I'm bringing this junk back. <laughs> it's like somebody took 
the essence of bacon and sprayed it on cardboard. Because <laughs> it smells like bacon when it's cooking. It just don't taste. It's an acquired taste. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. And so there was this idea. And what do we use bread for? Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, so we, we know then that bread uh, is a metaphor uh, for food. This is Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, and we're going to get back to that metaphor in just a moment. If you're just joining us, we're in Proverbs chapter 3 and in the middle of a message called Seven Reasons Why God Gave Us Money. You know, maybe you've got some questions about what you're hearing on the broadcast. You can always ask your question of Pastor Ford. Come to treasuretruthradio.org. Click on the contact link and ask the question that way. We just might answer that in a future broadcast. You can also let us know where you're listening to this program. I think that's one of the fascinating things is just learning where people listen to Treasure Truth, whether it's all across the United States or literally around the world. Let us know where you're listening and why you listen. Come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Well, let's get back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. And so he says it right there in this passage, give us our daily bread. He's talking about food. We use terms, don't we? We say he's the breadwinner. She's the breadwinner. And then sometimes, and we say it all the time, now we, we say cheddar, cheese, uh, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, but we talk about, I need some bread. We ain't talking about wonder. You know, we need some cheese, you know, some cheddar, some money. And so bread is a metaphor for food. But then bread is a metaphor for family and fellowship, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 16. You look at these on your own. I'm just giving them to you. And then in Matthew 26, 26 through 29, bread is a metaphor for faith because he's talking about salvation. And then bread is a metaphor for a feast of God's word. Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so God, give us our, this day our daily bread. Now watch this. Remember when we studied this disciple's prayer, that when you look at the first part of the prayer, what do you see? In the first part of the prayer, God's person, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's person must be the priority. Then the second part, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses and deliver us from evil. That's God's provision. In other words, if we want God's provision, God's person must be our priority. And then what's the last part of the prayer? God's praise. God's person leads to God's provision, and when he gives us the provision, it ought to lead to God's praise. So that we ought to do what we did when we started off all the time, every day. We get up, and according to the song, we count our blessings. We name them one by one. We see the mighty things that God has done. Thank you for getting me up this morning. I thank you for having breath in my body. Thank you, Lord, that I'm moving under my own power. Thank you that I still got part of my right mind left. Amen. Now, for some of you, that'd be a hard prayer to pray, but that's all right. So then in the first part, you got God's glory. In the second part, you have man's need. And then you go back to God's glory again. Our needs is sandwiched between the glory of God. Amen. They used to have it all the time. And it was like when that commercial came out about shout, that, that stuff called shout. And they say, shout it out. You know, and God dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. And I always say, look, if that's true, and it is, uh, then sometimes he ain't 
with us in his manifested presence because ain't no praise going on. But that's just you. That's just you. So then, what's he saying? Now, here it is. These are the needs. Now, I know we're focusing in on just the one need, and that's the provision of money. But I want to give you all three while we're here. So then, uh, in verse 3, we have the provision of prayer. Then in verse 4, we have the pardon of prayer. That's 4A. Then in 4B, we have the protection of prayer. So I want you to see that, that it's the coverage that we have. I know we just studied. Don't worry about it. That it covers us. So then when he says, give us this day our daily bread, that is our present need. This day, day by day, as New King James says. But then uh, forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven those who trespass against us. That's the past. And then deliver us from evil. That's the future. So then God says, I will deliver you from self. I will deliver you socially. That's our interaction with one another. I will deliver you from Satan. Everybody still with me? So then what is it? When he says, give us this day, that's our physical needs. When he says, forgive us, that's our emotional needs. And then when he says, uh, deliver us, that's our spiritual needs. God is a provider. That's what we're talking about. He provides it. So then what does he provide? He takes care of my cares. He takes care of my compassion or my need for love and my conflict. So then I understand I'm totally dependent upon God, as we'll see in a moment. Why? Because of these three verses. Because in verse 3, my life is accommodated. Everything I need that pertains to life and godliness has already been provided by God. My love is affirmed that I never have to worry about what I've done even though I've done it and I feel bad about it and should feel bad about it. But I know that God never loves me more and he never loves me less because he made the provision for me. First John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me. Now, here's, here's what I want to say right before I move on. God has released you from your sins. Why do you still feel guilty about them? I'll tell you why. Go ahead, holler it out, walking Bible. Why do we, number one reason, we feel guilty about our sin after God has forgiven us. Survey says, Satan, the accuser of the brethren. So what he does is he takes that self-condemnation and he puts his finger on it. See, you ain't all you said you were going to be. You got up in church and gave that testimony. You ain't nothing but a test of liar. You know, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. When Satan tells you uh, about where you've been, you just tell him where he's going. That's all. You're going to hell. Get away from me. I won't be there with you. And, and so what happens then? We, we are told not to worry about our needs. Now watch this. Give. What does that show? That shows us dependency in God's giving to us. Give. In other words, God, I'm totally dependent upon you. Why did God switch from the brook to Ethbel? Because too often we get caught up in the agent rather than the source. How many times are we going to talk about this? Here's what it says, Luke 6, 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking together and running over shall. What's the next word? Men. Well, wait a minute. I thought God was our supplier. 
But in this text, he wants us to see the agents that he uses. God uses men and women to meet our needs. And sometimes what we do is we reject the very provision of God because of who's bringing it. Man. Over and over again. Look in the scriptures. What do you see? Joseph needed a provision and a provider. Who was it? Pharaoh. God showed his unceasing power in an unusual provider in an unlikely place with an unfamiliar process. What was the process? Pit, Potiphar, prison, palace. See, I say it all the time, and I know you're tired of hearing me saying it, but I haven't said it in about three months. The trouble I'm going through is for the future I'm going to, that often my problem is my platform to God's provision. Because then I become open to what? An unusual provider in an unlikely place with an unfamiliar process because of God's unceasing power. And we need to be looking for that. Now watch this. I'm going to see who gets it. I'm going to see who gets it. Give us. Now, why us? Why not just me? Because I want him to provide for me. Why give us? Who is the us? Who is it? Body of Christ. Notice that it says our father. So he ain't just mine and he ain't just yours. He's ours. Yeah, yeah, that's good because you can't claim respect the person because he said when you pray, pray corporately. Then give us, forgive us, lead us. Okay, somebody tied together now. Why then, God, if you're providing for my family, do I need to include everybody else in my prayers? When God gives me what he gives me, he gives it not just for me, but for me to be a blessing to somebody else. What an important truth that is. How often does God give us something so that we can in turn bless those around us? Great way to show the love of Christ to those around us as well. We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message from Proverbs 3 called Seven Reasons Why God Gave Us Money. And if you missed any previous broadcast in the series, maybe you've missed a couple of those reasons why God gave you money, you can always listen online. Come to treasuretruthradio.org and stream the program through your computer or mobile device, or you can simply download an MP3 for free. Just come to treasuretruthradio.org. Speaking of free, you're able to listen to this program for free, whether it's on the radio, online, or through the Moody Radio app. But it's not free to make this program. There is a cost to production and to airtime and all the things that need to happen behind the scenes to bring you Pastor Ford's teaching each day. And so we do depend on your generosity to keep this broadcast going. So if you're benefiting from listening, I want to ask you to consider giving a gift. You can come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org, and click on the link that says Make a Donation. You can give a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Again, our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org and click on Make a Donation. Well, thanks for doing that and for listening today. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.